0: Welcome to another great message at Anchor Church. We pray this message will encourage, inspire, and transform your life. Our heart is to share the hope of Jesus with our city and nation. Anchor Church, Joburg, how are you doing? I am so honored that I get a chance to be with you guys on this beautiful, beautiful Sunday. And man, I'm coming at you all the way from Malibu Beach in Los Angeles, California, the West Coast. So we're all the way west, and uh, welcome, here's a beautiful setting, the sun is setting out here, we've got uh, Malibu Beach, if you can maybe see some people down there, kind of still hanging out, but man, I am honored, honored to be with you guys. Um, I know there's a little bit of wind, obviously, knowing the ocean, but I feel like we can do still a good job with recording this. Um, Greetings to my good friend, your pastor, who I love so much, who I honor so much, and cannot wait to see again one day. Adrian, man, I love you, I love your family, your children, you're incredible. I love what you're doing, and thank you for asking me to be a part of this. And uh, you guys heard from Jeremiah a couple weeks ago, man, one of my good friends from uh, living in France right now, and you guys had other guest speakers uh, talking to you from the subject of revival. And man, revival is a subject that burns. I've had an opportunity, uh, living out of Los Angeles, California, to travel, to, I've been to 40 different nations, I've been all over the United States of America, Getting a chance to just preach and watching the Spirit of God move, watching people's lives restored, families um, come to Jesus. I've seen bodies healed, people get delivered and set free. And it's been unreal to watch God move. And there's nothing like watching the Spirit of God move. And so I'm going to continue this series that you guys have started uh, all the way from Malibu. So enjoy the background. Hopefully the noise isn't too bad. But I want to talk to you today from the subject of let the river. So, if you're a note taker, you should be. If you're not a note taker, I'll pray for you. But um, let the river flow. And I want to start off by reading a verse, a familiar verse, if you've been a believer, uh, in John chapter 7, verse 38 and 39. John chapter 7, verse 38 and 39. It says this The one who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, this is Jesus talking, "um, will have rivers of living water flow from deep within. Rivers of living water flowing deep within. And verse 39 says, he said this about the Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Those who believed in Jesus were going to receive the Spirit. The Spirit had not not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So I love this idea that the river is a picture of the Spirit. And it's interesting how he says, he's writing, John's writing and he says that, out of your innermost innermost being, from inside of you, the river will flow. You know, the thing I love about revival is, first of all, what is revival? I know Jeremiah's uh, defined it, your pastor a little bit defined it. And re- What is revival? Vive, life, revival. you got to have vival before you can have revival. Vival, what is that? That is life. So we're going to talk about where life came from and how he's come to give us a new life. So to have revival, you got to first have the first revival, right? And so we're going to go all the way back to the book of Genesis, and we're going to just talk a little bit about that, a little bit about through the Old Testament, and we're going to finish off with what Jesus said and did. And, and I'm telling you what, this is going to transform your life. I really believe that this message has the power to transform everything about you. And so um, before, before I get into it, though, I just wanted to thank Jesus for this opportunity, thank your pastor for this opportunity, and, for, and you for being here. Uh, again, my name is Mish Fomenko. And I uh, married, thank you, Jesus, for that, a beautiful wife. Her name is Esther, and I have two beautiful children, uh, uh, one turning one years old next month and one about three and a half. And uh, Aria is my older one. Aria comes from the Hebrew name Ariel, which means Lion of God, so she's my lioness. She's still roaring. And then my second daughter, Vienna, uh, that name was inspired when I was in the country of Vienna, and we were at a big event, and the presence of God came, and it just, Something just happened there, so I have Aria in Vienna, that's my family, and I'm so excited to be sharing with you guys today. So let's start, as as the theme is, let the river flow. The Spirit of God is the river. The Spirit is in the river. So every time I talk about the river, we're talking about like what John said, the river is 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 a reference to his Spirit flowing. And here's the cool thing about the river of God, is when he starts flowing, there's no stopping the flow. Come on now, it's not like your electric bill or your water bill. If you stop paying it, they turn the water off. No, no, this water is always flowing, always flowing, never stops flowing. You know, it's funny because a lot of people will say, you know, let's pray for revival. Let's pray for revival. Let's pray for a move of God. And I think for a second, I'm like, that sounds good in essence. That sounds like a great idea, but what does that even mean? you know, what does that mean? Does that mean a powerful service with a bunch of emotions? What does that mean? because revival, if you think about it, is the spirit moving. And the revival already came. Revival never left. In the upper room, the disciples are waiting, and Jesus says, don't go anywhere, because my spirit, aka the river, is going to come upon you and is going to begin to flow from within you. And so the, the revival is already here. Listen, you're living with revival available to you. You're living in revival. The problem, sometimes we don't see the move of God, why is because we're not allowing the river to flow through us, but the river is flowing. His spirit is moving. He just wants us to make ourselves available to be used. And so I don't pray for revival because revival is here. I just pray to be used to watch the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to be part of this outpouring of the Holy Spirit that God has for us. You know, it's amazing. In Genesis chapter one, we see uh, uh, as I open up my Bible. As Genesis chapter one, we see that God is talking to. Um, the Trinity, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they're up there in heaven saying, man, everything is, um, reproduces after itself. Now I want to reproduce after myself. So he says, let us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let us, the three of us, make man in our image and in our likeness. And then what's interesting here is he began to create man. In, the, in uh, verse 27, says that he created man in his image and in his likeness. Now what is the image and likeness of God? Is that physical? Not really. It's spirit. God is spirit. He is spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom, right? And so he is spirit. And so if he's going to create after himself, what is he creating? He's creating, that's right, spirit. And then in chapter 2, we read verse 7 where it says, And God formed from the dust of the ground. He took something physical to create physical. He created from himself, spirit. Something spiritual. And then now, after he's something spiritual, now all of a sudden he's describing the, the different parts of, of man. He all of a sudden takes says from the dust of the ground, from the physical, he creates and fashions and forms the body, right? The physical. And then the Bible says that he blows into his nostrils. Blows like the wind is blowing behind me. He blows into his nostrils, and all Bible says, and he became a living soul. Three parts. In fact, if you look um, when Paul writes to, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 says this, And may the God of peace sanctify you completely, your whole spirit, soul, and body. So here he distinguishes the three parts, spirit first, then soul, and then body, and be kept sound and blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so here, Paul makes it very clear, the three parts of us, just like God makes it pretty clear the different parts of us Paul makes it even more clear and I love this because Paul is now putting an order to it he says first spirit then soul then but now listen order is very important in, in in the kingdom order is very very crucial and it's amazing that he puts spirit first because we live from our spirit not to the spirit let me say that one more time we live from the spirit we don't live to the spirit and um, when you talk about a river Uh, The the theme today is let the river flow. When you talk about the river, here's the the interesting thing about the river is every river has a start, right? And the start of a river, there's two ways you can refer to the beginning of a river. Uh, One is it's called the source of the river, or another one is it is the head of the river. I love that because Jesus is the head. We are the body. He is the head. He is the beginning of the river. Everything starts from him, is in him, of him, through him. It's all about him, right? And so he's the source, he's the head, we are the body. And so the river starts from the head and flows through the body. Now, the thing also about a river is the river always flows down. I've never seen a river that flows up. That's why it's called a waterfall, not a water rise. You know what I'm saying? I've never seen a water rise before. You know, a water goes down because that's just the way our, uh, the God made gravity. So the river comes from the top and comes down. What's amazing, when God created Eden, he put in the center, at the top, on a hill of the garden, He put two trees. You remember the two trees? The tree of life in the center, and next to it is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And He says, if you eat of the tree of life, Genesis, you shall live forever. The tree of life in the center. If you start from the head, the center, that's true life. But He says, if you eat of the tree of knowledge, Come on, people are still craving knowledge. It's not the knowledge of the spirit. It's the knowledge of this world. It's the knowledge of intellect, of information, not revelation. And so it's a completely different knowledge. And so he's saying, um, if you eat of the tree of knowledge, you're going you're gonna to know about this earth. But when you know all the things of this earth, you're now going to disconnect. And he says, if you eat, you shall surely what? Die. Now, here's what's amazing. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit, did their body die? No, their body didn't die. Did their soul die? No, their soul also didn't die. So what died? Their spirit became dormant, inactive. The spirit of God no longer lived on the inside of mankind. And so you see through the whole Old Testament, the Holy Spirit never came on the inside of anybody. But the Holy Spirit was always, uh, if he came, he would come upon. But he could never reside inside, so they did not have The rivers flowing from their innermost being because the Spirit was not in the innermost being. The moment Adam and Eve ate the fruit, disconnect, complete disconnect from God. And all of a sudden now they had to wait for the Spirit in His sovereignty to come upon them whenever He wanted, whenever He willed for a revelation, for a prophetic word, for direction, for guidance. And He would come upon them. And so from the first river, the river in Eden, life was flowing. And what's interesting, when they ate the fruit, they were kicked out and, they, and it went east, from the east gate. And God put two cherubs guarding, you could not enter from the east. Now this is very interesting. Now let's go to, in the Old Testament, when Solomon builds the temple. The great Solomon, the great temple that was built. And we know there's the three parts of the temple, if you remember. And when, God, when he constructed it, God was very clear, this is how the temple needs to be constructed. And he was very, very particular. And if you, if you, if you notice, the entrance was in the east. The garden, they exited the garden in the east, and now they entered the, the temple from the east gate. And there was two huge columns, and you'd enter, you start with the courtyard, then you'd go to the holy place, and then you go to the holy of holies. That's actually a picture of body, soul, and spirit. The external, the courtyard, that's the body. Uh, the middle part, that's the soul, that's that holy place. And then the Holy of Holies is on the very, very inside. And what's amazing is before the river, flo- the, the river began to flow from the garden from the tree of life. Now, let's go back to, let's go to Moses before we get to the temple. Moses, what happened? They did not have the river flowing from within them. So God had to give them what, they, what we call the Law of Moses. And it's interesting that it's never called the Law of God. It's always called the Law of Moses because the Law was never God's intent. It was never God's intent, another subject for another day. But check this out. And so when he gave the law, he took him to the mountain, Mount Sinai. Now the rivers always start from the head, the top, the mountains. Water always goes down. So from the mountain, the river that stopped, the river that no longer was there, that, uh, that stopped in the Garden of Eden, now God's saying, I'm going to create another river, and this is going to be the river of the law. And the river of the law started, and the law was the opposite of the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden started in the middle and went out. Now they're starting from the outside, starting from the east and coming into the middle. And it was all about if you're good enough, if you confess your sin enough, if you, slaughtered, if, if you slaughtered the right calf, if everything was done right, you could not have any sin, you could not have any problems. And the moment you did, if you walked into the Holy of Holies with an ounce of sin, what would happen? You would drop dead to the ground and they would pull you out by ropes from the Holy of Holies and only one time per year was one priest from the tribe of Levi able to enter. If they lived a perfect life they would come out alive. My thought and opinion is I don't know if anybody actually came out alive. I mean we don't know but I don't know. Did they did they do it perfectly enough to stay alive physically and it's interesting that you walk from the physical to the internal to the center Interesting. And religion to this day teaches this, that you do go from from where you used to be, from the physical, to the soul, to the spirit. If I do good here, then I can receive here. And the whole Old Testament is all about if, then, if, then. If you do this, then you get this. If you don't do this, then you don't get this. It was all about if I do good, I, I receive from him, and I can receive something from him. That's why David prayed this prayer. King David, he prayed this prayer that is in the New Testament theologically incorrect. He prayed this prayer. He says, uh, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Why? He did pray that prayer. Because the Holy Spirit never lived in him. The Holy Spirit would come upon him for a moment. But because he was sinful, the Holy Spirit could not sit and be inside of him. And So check this out. Jesus on the cross when he's hanging there prayed that same prayer. Remember why? Because the Bible says that and he hung his head and he submitted his spirit. That's the first death. His spirit left him. And then he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? The exact same phrase King David prayed, which we don't pray anymore because the spirit does not leave you. When the river starts, the river continues to flow. Salvation is a free gift. A gift is not taken back. If a gift is taken back, that means it's no longer a gift. Salvation is given freely. Really, and once the spirit is inside the spirit begins to flow like God intended in the garden of Eden to flow forever and all of a sudden man cut it off Jesus had to come back and it's amazing first spirit he says in Thessalonians then soul then body but we see through the Old Testament it was first the outer courts into the courtyard then it was the holy place then it was the holy of holies Now, physical we understand, that's the physical. Our soul, that's our mind, our will, our emotions, right? And then then the Holy of Holies, that's everything that's in God. That's everything that's of God. All of God is in the Holy of Holies. His presence, the essence of who He is, the courtyard. You know what's amazing about Jesus, this is really cool, but Jesus, the Bible says He is, God is the Alpha and the Omega. And I love what Jesus says about Himself. He says, I am the door. We see Him teaching about that. I am the door. Because He is is salvation, Jesus is salvation. The only way into the kingdom is through the door, through Jesus. So Jesus is the door, but here's what's cool. Jesus is also the one on the throne, Revelation talks about. He's not only the door into the kingdom, but He is at the essence and the center of the kingdom. He is the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha, the Omega. We come in through him and we live around him and by him. And now as his ambassadors, we are sent from the kingdom to Malibu, to Johannesburg, to France, different parts of the world. We're sent out as ambassadors uh, with that presence of the throne room, with that presence of the King of Kings. And check this out. The river is flowing. His spirit is moving. It's amazing because a lot of Christians um, believe that God can do a lot of great things. But they don't believe that God has done very much at all. Because God has already done everything that he needs to do on the cross. And when he was hanging on the cross, he uttered these words, tetelestai in the original language, which means it is completed. It is finished. It is done. Nothing else needs to be done. And when he spoke those words, It was done. He conquered sin, death, hell, every sickness, every disease, every demonic attack. It's already been conquered. So guess what? You don't have a sin problem anymore. Wait, what? But I sin. You don't have a sin problem anymore. You don't have a demon problem anymore. I'm going to shock somebody here today. Listen, you don't have a sickness problem anymore. What we have now is a believing problem. This is so good. It's not because Jesus already did it for us. He already gave everything to us. Everything is in the river and the river flows and when Jesus was hanging on the cross on on Golgotha, on on that mountain another river began to flow. Not the the river of of the law because the Bible says the law kills but the Spirit gives life. And all of a sudden as He's hanging there he said, it is finished, and all of a sudden, his blood dripped, and when he rose from the grave, that new life came. And he told the disciples, he said, go to the upper room. Now watch this. In the Old Testament, when the law came, the Bible says there was a thick, it's in Exodus, in, in uh, 22, I believe, 22 or 23. Uh, it talks about how there was a thick, dark cloud that came, and the law was given. The law was given from a thick, dark cloud. Now go to the New Testament. When Jesus was on the mountain of transfiguration, it's a picture of the new river that was about to flow. He's on the river, on the mountain, a mountain again, Mount Sinai, right? Now it's, he's on the, he's on, he's on the mountain of transfiguration, the mountain of, um, and all of a sudden the Bible says that there was a bright, there, no, there, there was a, a light um, cloud. It wasn't a dark, thick cloud, but it was a cloud of light completely different because when the law comes it's dark and it's thick and it's confusing and it's blinding but when the spirit comes when grace is released when love is given it comes by a beautiful light and Jesus was transfigured on the mountain there's something always very symbolic about the mountain Jesus died Calvary on the mountain the mountain is where the river starts flowing the mountain is where the river goes now watch this 3000 people died when the law was given in Exodus 3000 that's crazy right the law came and people died because the law kills but the spirit gives life that was mount sinai now we have the new testament and they're in the upper room and god says go to the upper room because there's something about the upper there's something about from the mountain there's something about the high places go to the upper room and all of a sudden something's going to come and the spirit came on, on on the 120 that were there and then they went to mount zion there was mount sinai three thousand died now there's mount zion this is so good and on mount zion they preached the word and three thousand gave their life to jesus and were baptized into jesus three thousand died by the law three thousand came to new life that's revival a new vibe come on now a new vibe let's go and all of a sudden now a new life came in and now three thousand come to life and three thousand come because this mountain the mountain of Zion a new river is flowing and now as he says in John chapter 7 and now those who believe come on that's you and that's me if you believe if you don't believe at the end of this message today we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to pray this prayer because those who believe now he reactivates that spirit that was dormant now life comes in and he lives inside of us and now out of your innermost beings, shall flow rivers of living water is that beautiful or what i love i love this verse in uh um, romans 12 2 says therefore brothers and sisters by the mercies of god i urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to god this is your true worship man there's there's so much good stuff in this but the one thing i, w- I want to look at real quick here is in view of god's mercy not in view of your good works not in view of what you've done right not in view of what of anything else but his mercy his mercy. And now when you see it through the lens of his mercy, now you can receive the next verse, Romans twelve two. That was Romans 12.1. and And verse 2 says this, do not be conformed. Come on now, but be transformed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed because being conformed is easy because conformed is looking just like. And then it says, do not be conformed, but be transformed. How? By changing the way that you think. Do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now the mind is the soul. Watch this, and I'm gonna wrap this up here. This is so good. Watch this. The only way to be transformed is by changing your mindset. Notice how nowhere in the Bible, because the soul's made up of, we call it three parts. The mind, the will, and the emotions. Also your personality's in there. But listen, it never says in the Bible, renew your emotions, never. Never in the Bible it says renew your will. No, no, no. it always talks about the mind because the mind is the king. Because as you think, so be it to you. As you process what you believe, what you allow yourself to meditate on, that's what's going to be reality. That's what's going to bring life. And That's why he always talks about the mind because the mind is the king. If you have a problem with your emotions, change your thinking. Your emotions will change. If you have a problem with your, with your will, what you do, change the way you think and everything will follow because what you think directly determines how you live and how you feel so if you don't like the way you feel first of all look at this look at this beauty and second of all change the way that you think because i'm telling you what god is incredible and when we receive his revelation it changes our mindset so do not be conformed but be transformed in fact that word transformed is, is, is the word metamorpho, which we get metamorphosis from, completely from caterpillar to butterfly, ground crawler, sky flyer, two completely different things. That verse, that word is used twice, once for us, once for Jesus. That when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain of transfiguration, it's that same word metamorpho, that word transfigured is the same word as transformed here, where we are completely made new. And now all of a sudden we have new life. And now our spirit comes alive. And listen, everything of God is in the spirit, all his gifts. Come on now, all the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Come on, everything. All of him is in the river. Everything in him is already flowing. The problem isn't if it's available. The problem is why are we not turning on our mind to receive? So I'm going to leave you with this last visual, and and we're we're going to to finish here. uh, I was asking God to give me a picture of something, how I can convey this to people and, and make it make sense. And I was at the Hoover Dam. Hoover Dam is the biggest dam in the United States of America. It borders Nevada and Arizona. And there's a big bridge and a, and a big river that comes through. Huge river. You should Google it, look it up. Hoover Dam. It's beautiful, beautiful. And on the the river is always flowing. There's always water coming. That's the picture of the spirit. The dam is a picture of the soul. And What comes after the dam is a picture of the body. So watch this. The river is always flowing, always flowing, always flowing. But what the dam allows is what will become physical. Does that make sense? So the river is always flowing. That's the spirit. The soul, that's the mind. The mind is the dam that holds back what the river is trying to get to you. In the physical a lot of people are thinking why am i not seeing what god promised in the physical why am i not seeing my healing why am i not seeing my transformation why am i not seeing what god promised me why because what you believe is what you receive so it's everything of him is already flowing it's already in the river listen the answer to your need is already in the river and the river is flowing that's my prophetic word for you today. The river is flowing for you. The river, everything you need is in the river. Everything you need is in Him. It's in His Spirit. And so it's not about asking Him to do something for me. It's about tuning into the Spirit and letting that dam be broken. And letting all the stopping that the river is doing break down the dam and let the river invade my life. Because the water on the other side of the dam is determined by how much the dam allows it. So I believe God is gonna break some dams in your mind today. God is gonna break some, some barriers that are holding you back. And I'm gonna begin to, begin to pray for some people. And I really believe that as you begin to let the dam break, all of a sudden everything that's in the river available comes into our reality. And no longer is it like the Old Testament where we gotta go through the courtyard to the holy place and then we can arrive at the Holy of Holies. If we're good enough. No, no, no. Now. The river is here and it starts in my spirit, it goes through my soul, my mind, and it comes out of my physical. Your physical reality is a direct relation to what you believe. Listen, the enemy, This my shock some people, the devil has no power over you. In fact, the only power the enemy has is the power you give him. He is not able to do anything to you without you allowing it. So if, you're, if something's happening in your life that's not from God, it's because you've allowed it in your mind. I'm telling you what, our God is a good God, and He wants to do something in your life. And I'm telling you, He wants to transform you. So I'm telling you, you don't have a sin problem. You don't have a demon problem. You don't have a problem problem. What we have is the believing problem. Because if we change our believing we will see that reality manifested in our living. Because from revelation now comes true life. Watch this. One more time, that verse, the verse that says that the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And remember when Jesus was on the cross, he said, it, um, it is finished. And then the veil was torn. The veil that separated Solomon's temple, the holy place and the holy of holies. The veil, you had to cross the veil to get to the holy of holies you had to cross you had to go go through something to get to the to get to the holy of holies now no longer do we go through anything now now the veil is torn and we don't live to go to the presence but now we live from the presence because the river is from Jesus from the presence and the river is flowing right now. He's flowing into your living room. He's flowing into your car. He's flowing into your family wherever you're watching from right now. He's flowing into that room, into that sanctuary. He's flowing but the problem is am I going to put a dam to get in the way of the river and not be able to see the manifestation of the spirit in my reality. So come on. Repentance is Romans 12.2. Change your mind. That's what repentance means. You know what in the Old Testament repentance means? In the Old Testament, repentance means this. I go this way, I repent, I turn around, and I go this way. Physical. It's a physical action. Repentance in the Old Testament was a physical action. In the New Testament, you know what repentance is? Repentance has nothing to do with actions. It has everything to do with your mind. I'm telling you, this is such good news. The Bible is good news. His grace is good news. His love comes to transform us. And then we receive that. Anchor Church, I love you. And I wanted to bring this word to you that revival is flowing. Will you allow him to flow through you? Revival is a person. We call him the Holy Spirit. Will you allow him to flow into you and through you because he's already on the inside. Spirit first, then soul, then body. Let the Spirit transform your mindset and watch how everything that's in the Spirit is going to become alive, for you i bless you anchor church and i hope to one day meet you in real life shake your hand and give you a good old hug and uh no more of this stuff right come on now love you guys um we'll see you hopefully soon god bless you